about Jesus's first sermon last week. He preached to his hometown uh, where he grew up and where people knew him and his family. And he preached this, this sermon that was very dramatic because he, he took a scroll in his hands and he, and he unraveled it very slowly. And it was from the Jewish prophet Isaiah, and it was at the very end of Isaiah's prophecy. And slowly but surely, Jesus gets to the end and reads these words out loud. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because God has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and at liberty, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And from this sermon that Jesus begins with, Christians have a lot of different takes on what's most important from that sermon. So some say that the Spirit empowered Jesus to enact justice, right? That's what you can tell from the passage. He says he wants to set people free. He wants to help people who are oppressed. He wants to lift people out of poverty. Justice is the focus of his sermon. Other people focus on the miraculous healing that Jesus talks about. He says he is going to bring recovery of sight to the blind. Now, some, some people uh, think about that healing as kind of spiritual. They say, all humans, we, we are spiritually blind. We just can't see God. And Jesus came to open our eyes, to give us spiritual sight. But other people focus on, no, 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 no. Jesus actually came as a miracle worker. He was powerful. I mean, he went throughout villages and towns across his entire country, and every time he stopped somewhere, he would perform miracles. People who had never seen, who had been blind from birth, would see. People who had never spoken before, who were mute from birth, would speak. And so the the focus on the the healing aspect of Jesus' opening sermon typically goes one way or the other. Some people focus on physical healing and the miraculous power of Jesus, and other people, other Christians focus on the spiritual healing, that Jesus came to give us spiritual sight, to forgive our sins, to heal our spiritual wounds. And like any emphasis, sometimes the focus ends up on one to the exclusion of the other. So other Christians will say, no, 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 we're getting it wrong. We're we're trying to choose one or the other. Let's choose both. Jesus came to spiritually heal us, and he came to physically heal us. And they're both important. And I do think both of those are important. But I think Scripture actually shows us something a little bit more complicated. And this is what I want to share, what what I believe is good news this morning, is that God prioritizes one kind of healing in this life and promises another kind of healing for the next life. Let me say that again, super slow. God prioritizes one kind of healing in this life 
and God promises another kind of healing in the next. And I think this should really matter to us because the Bible talks so much about how we're sick, about how we're spiritually sick, definitely, that we've sinned and disobeyed God, but also that we're, we're physically sick, we're, we're mortal. We, we won't live forever. Just like we learned uh, at the Ash Wednesday service, we received ashes on our foreheads, and someone said to us, from dust you came, and dust you shall return. I was talking to Steve afterwards, and he said, and, and this is really serious, he said he administered the, those ashes to his own son. That's not easy to do. And the Bible constantly talks about that, that we're mortal. We won't live forever. We live with these two conditions, these two weaknesses. We're spiritually and physically sick. And the question, if you're a Christian, is will God heal us? And I think Scripture says yes. And I think this passage shows us just the kind of healing that God prioritizes and promises. So, if you, if you have uh, one of these Bibles in the, in the pew rack in front of you, get it out. We're, we're going to walk through this passage uh, slowly but surely. Um, I think it's, it's so important to help us understand uh, healing in, in Scripture. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 17, and that's page 894 in these Bibles. Page 894, Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus has just preached this sermon. He's just gone out into the, the wilderness to be tempted. And now he's teaching. And it says, On one of those days, as he, as he Jesus, was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. So this is, this is really important, just as a side note. Whenever it says power in the Gospel of Luke, it often refers to the Holy Spirit. So, so it says, the power of the Lord was with Jesus. The Holy Spirit was with him to heal. The Holy Spirit empowers Jesus to heal. And look at verse 18. And behold, men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they sought to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. Now let's stop for a second to, to get this picture. Reports had gone out about Jesus healing people over and over and over in other towns and in other locations. That, that news had spread, and these men who have a paralyzed friend hear about it. They hear that Jesus, the miracle worker, is in town. And, and they're so expectant. I love this. The extent of their plan is we will get our friend on a mat— we will transport that mat to where Jesus is. We will put our friend in front of Jesus, and we will see what happens. Like, that, that is their plan, and they're so expectant and so full of faith that they do that. That they, they, they put their friend on a mat, they go to the house, but they find out in verse 19 that there's no way to bring their friend in because of the crowd. 
Okay, so it's so packed. People are, have filled up the house. They're probably even at the entrance uh, to, the, to the door uh, of the house. They're, they're crammed around that, and these four guys have their friend, and they cannot get him in. And it says, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed or his mat through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. Okay, I wish there were a few more verses to explain how this actually happens. Like, I don't know how they get on the roof. I don't know what the roof is made out of. I don't know how long it takes for them to tear this roof in half, but they airlift their friend into Jesus's presence, and, and their, their job is finished. They consider their plan accomplished. I mean, I would have, if I had seen the crowd, I would have been like, you know, I'm going to book an appointment online. I'm just going to figure this out. Another day, I'll get, I'll, maybe I'll meet one of Jesus' disciples. We'll, we'll plan it in the future, just have a private setting. But these guys are going to do it this day. They are going to make sure your paralysis is healed. Right? Is that, is that what the Bible says? It says your sins are forgiven. To be physically healed. And it's what we'd expect, right? There are other stories where Jesus will meet someone who's physically sick, and he says, your faith has healed you. But not this time. He says your sins are forgiven. He spiritually heals this man. And if you want to know how big of a deal it is that Jesus says that, look in verse 21. It says, the scribes and Pharisees, these are people who are well uh, versed in the Old Testament, or what we call the Old Testament, and they questioned in their hearts, they said, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? This is so important. Jesus is saying that his sins before God are forgiven. I mean, you and I, if you hurt me or I hurt you, if you sin against me or if I sin against you, we can forgive each other, but we have no way to forgive each other before God. Only God can say something like this, and if Jesus is not God, the, the scribes and Pharisees are right. It is blasphemy. But the irony is uh, that Jesus is God, so he knows what they're thinking in their hearts. And, and in verse 22, it says, When Jesus perceived the questionings in their hearts, he answers them, Why do you question? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven of you, or to say rise and walk? And this verse is so important. But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins— he said to the man, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, take up your mat, and go home. Now, we, we need to unpack this verse because it's, it's pretty complicated. Jesus is using a title, the Son of Man, to refer to himself. And we don't have time to go into that title, but just know that he's, Jesus is so important, he can speak about himself in the third person, and it makes sense, okay? If you do that, you're arrogant. Jesus can do it, and it makes sense, okay? So he says, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He has divine authority to spiritually heal you and me. So when he said, your sins are forgiven, it happened. 
And he says, I know that I have authority, but just so that you know, man, get up and walk. This is not saying that anyone who performs a miracle is God. He's saying the, the same authority by which I say sins are forgiven, I can tell paralyzed legs to start working again. I can spiritually heal people, and I can physically heal people. I can do both. I have the same authority. And look, look in verse 25. This is amazing. You have to picture this immediately. Immediately, the paralyzed man rose before them, took up that on which he lay, and went home glorifying God. Verse 26 says, Amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. This verse is the understatement of the year. We have seen strange things today. This story is so important for us to understand the difference between spiritual healing and physical healing. Because Jesus prioritizes spiritual healing. This man is full of faith, and he is healed eventually, but he's not healed because of his faith. Faith doesn't always bring healing. It's, it's not always how it works. Jesus will walk through crowds, and he will heal a few here and there, but he doesn't heal everyone. At, at one time, he's preaching a sermon, and Jesus says, don't fear those who kill the body, but revere or fear the one who can destroy body and soul. This is so important. Jesus thinks that your soul, the state of your spirit before God, is more important than your body. Your body is important, but you should fear the one who can, can destroy the soul. And I think sometimes there can be a really unhealthy focus on, on miracles among Christians. I've seen Christians who just sit in awe of, a, of someone who, who has had the, the spiritual gift of healing. And, and I just, I, I don't think that's the priority in Scripture. When, when God is with the Israelites in, in the wilderness, he sets up a sacrificial system for forgiveness of sins. He doesn't set up a retreat center for miraculous healings. He focuses on their spiritual well-being, their, their spiritual relationship to him. I bet some of you have heard that, that story in the New Testament where Paul talks about having this thorn in the flesh. We, we don't know what that is, but he prays over and over and over for God to heal him of that. And what does God say? My, gracious, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm not going to heal you physically. There are lots of faithful people who trust God, just like this paralyzed man, and they don't get healed. And I, I think that's m mysterious in many ways. I wish I knew why God didn't. But I think that God prioritizes spiritual healing in this life. Um, some of y'all know one of uh, the, the longtime members of this church, uh, Fern Delahousie. She, she passed away a few months ago. Uh, when I spoke to the family before the funeral, I said, with a name like Virginia Fern Delahousie, there has to be a story behind this, right? What's the background? 
and they loved that. They, they shared a little bit about how that, that family name goes back to French royalty, uh, which the family loved being able to say that. Uh, and, and we got to talk, and it was, it was such an incredible honor and privilege to, uh, to be a part of this, this funeral process and honoring her life. And, and I got to tell people that this woman, whose name goes back to French royalty, went home to see our king. That's really special. And she was a member of this church for a really long time. We had a funeral to honor her, and I would be mortified if someone said that because she wasn't healed at the end of her life, that she didn't have enough faith. I'd be devastated if we talked about Christians who had trusted God for decades, that we talked about them as if, if they aren't healed, they don't have faith. No, <laughs> this, is, this is how we understand what martyrs really are, right? People who die with total trust in God. There's this passage in, in the New Testament that says, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. And some Christians have read that and said, you know, if you pray enough, with enough faith, you will be healed. But I just don't think that's what that passage says. James says that faithful prayer is powerful, but it's not all-powerful. You can't manipulate or strong-arm God into healing us. He does not promise physical healing in this life. He doesn't promise that. But it would be, it'd be a shame to preach on this story and downplay the miracle. So now I'm going to go to the other side. Amazement seized them all. Jesus really did really truly made a person who had never walked get up and walk. I mean, if you had been there, you would have been speechless. You wouldn't have known how to respond because you probably grew up in the same, uh, same village as this man. You probably kn knew his name. You probably knew his story. And Jesus comes along and tells this guy's legs to get up and, and move again. That, that is incredible. And I never want to, to read about a story of healing in Scripture and downplay the miracle. But what I want to say is that while I believe that miracles continue to this day, God does not promise them to all of us. God does not say that all of us are going to be healed. So many faithful, trusting Christians have put their hope in God, and they've died. We're reminded on Ash Wednesday that we're mortal. We won't live forever. And it's important to not take uh, the possibility of a miraculous healing and turn it into a promise. However, on the other end, I have been in church my whole life, and most Christians I know believe that God can heal people physically and has healed people physically in the past, but don't actually believe that God would do it in the present. Now, if I said to you, I have the ability to love my wife, and I have loved my wife in the past, but there's no reason to expect that I would love her in the present, you would be concerned. 
right? You would be rightly concerned. And when, so when we dismiss the possibility that God really could miraculously heal someone, we're denying his power. We're taking away the ability he has as, as creator and ruler of the universe to say, get up, take your mat, and go home. And I want to be sensitive to many of us in the room who are experiencing or will experience great physical suffering. Some people in, the, in this room have chronic diseases that you've had for years. And some of us have been given a diagnosis that doctors say just can't be treated. Some of us have friends who have passed away even through, through so much prayer and trust in God to, to heal them and still they died. Whatever you've been through, I really want to be sensitive to those things as I talk about healing. Because some of us have prayed and heard the answer no. Some of us have heard the answer wait, and we just keep hearing wait so much that we don't want to wait anymore. That's why I pray for miraculous healings. But I always say, if it's your will, God, if it's your will to heal someone, then do it. In Jesus' name, please heal this person. I don't expect to control God. I don't expect uh, to manipulate God. I don't think he's even promised healing to us in all situations, but I continue to pray for it. I don't want anyone to despair and say that our prayers are for nothing. There's no way that God can heal us. He's not truly powerful over our sicknesses. Because throughout Scripture, there's one central theme. God can and will heal you. God can and will heal you. He'll spiritually heal you. He'll, he'll forgive your sins. He'll cleanse your hearts in this life. And in the next, he will raise you from the dead. So God prioritizes spiritual healing in this life, but promises physical healing in the next. At the end of our services, we say our confession of faith. We say that we believe in the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. And I love that those two are paired together. Because we do pray for the—we we, believe we receive the forgiveness of sins. We have that right now, but we long for and groan for the resurrection in the future. After this, you may have noticed we, we normally have prayer earlier on in the service, and, and today we're have, having it after the sermon. And we're doing that to pray for both. If you haven't been forgiven of your sins, we want to pray for spiritual healing for you. But we also want to pray for physical healing, to believe that God truly is powerful over all sickness and death. I want you to think of names, people you know, people you love. It can even be yourself. And ask God during that time to pray for, ask God during that time to, to heal you or that person you know. Let's pray.
Father, we want to be silent before you, if only just for a moment. Think of names of people we love, times we despair, and think there's no way you can heal us. There's no way that you can do what you said you would do. So if it's just hope, please give us hope. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.